Hello and welcome to The Poetry of Science, a podcast which provides insight into new scientific research via the medium of poetry. I'm your host, Dr. Sam Illingworth, and each week I'll be introducing you to some of the latest scientific findings and sharing a selection of science-themed poetry. If you enjoy this podcast, then please consider giving it a rating and leaving some feedback in your podcast directory of choice. And if you really enjoy it, then why not share it with a friend? After all, we could all do with a little bit more poetry in our lives. In this episode, I'll be exploring new research which has used flower beetles to predict how different species will interact with each other following shifting habitats brought about by climate change. Tiny flecks of red dance across artificial rivers of powdered grain, their movements halted only by the confusing steps of a familiar other. The speed and shape of their routines intertwine, dispersing into the shallows before contorting to crescendos of dual exhaustion. Behind perspex windows we sift through cycles, charting shifting patterns across a habitat more lab than home. This poem is inspired by research published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America, which has shown that as species across the world adjust where they live in response to climate change, they will come into competition with other species that could hamper their ability to keep up with the pace of this change. In many parts of the world, the pace at which habitats are being affected by climate change are exceptionally fast especially for those species with a limited ability to change where they live. Predictions on how well a species will survive due to climate change moving their habitat often focus on single, individual species. However, as many species are forced to migrate to new areas, they will encounter other species that already live there and with whom they must now compete for food and other resources, thereby threatening the survival of both species. Studying the potential effects that this enforced competition might have is difficult, as to do so properly requires observations over many life cycles. A potential solution to this conundrum comes in the unlikely form of the flower beetle. Flower beetles are a major pest in the agricultural industry and are highly resistant to insecticides. They consume wheat and other grains and are adapted to survive in very dry environments. These beetles also have short life cycles, typically around six weeks, which means that observing their populations across many generations can be done within a year making them an ideal subject for identifying the potential effects of enforced competition brought about by climate change. In this study, researchers used two species of flower beetle, the red flower beetle, Tribolium castaneum, and the confused flower beetle, Tribolium confusium, to observe what happened to their populations as they expanded across an artificially constructed landscape. The two species of flower beetle were born into opposite ends of a series of 1.5 inch long plexiglass boxes joined by holes, then observed as their populations expanded across the landscape and competed with each other. It was found that the expansion of each species across the landscape was slowed by the presence of the other and across multiple generations. This suggests that habitat shifts caused by climate change can be slowed by competition from other species, thereby increasing the chance of extinction. Now that you've heard the science, let me read the poem to you again. 
Tiny flecks of red dance across artificial rivers of powdered grain, their movements halted only by the confusing steps of a familiar other. The speed and shape of their routines intertwine, dispersing into the shallows before contorting to crescendos of dual exhaustion. Behind perspex windows, we sift through cycles, charting shifting patterns across a habitat, more lab than home. section of the podcast I'd like to share a poem written by another poet on a topic related to the science that has been discussed so far. In this episode I'll be reading Elegy for the Insects by Michael Benedict. Michael Benedict was an American poet, editor and literary critic who was born in New York City in 1935 and received his BA from New York University before earning a master's degree in English and comparative literature from Columbia University. His poetry and collections include The Body published in 1968 Sky, published in 1970, and Night Cries, published in 1976. Benedict's honours include fellowships from the Guggenheim Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, and the New York State Council for the Arts. Editor of the Paris Review from 1975 to 1978, Benedict also taught at institutions such as Sarah Lawrence, Bennington, Vassar, and Boston University. His as-yet-uncollected later poems appeared in publications such as Agni, Iowa Review, the New Republic, the Paris Review, and Partisan Review. Benedict died in 2007. Elegy for the Insects by Michael Benedict Yes, it is hard to believe, and yes, it's true. You lived a life without affluence or influence. A simple tin can lid was your roof. A mere cylinder was your chosen domain. No other shapes were your own. Your provender, alas, your provender... It's hard to dwell on your provender, and it's hard to dwell on your provender in every sense. That's why I do it now with such obvious relish. Your provender, your sole provender, was a food stain, dripped sometime during the spring on the floor of a suburban garage. Thank God you were able to counteract this in part by applying for a US government grant. But thanks to behind-the-scenes efforts of the praying mantis lobby on the one hand and the Japanese beetles and American grubworms on the other, you receive very little. Only a few puffs of delicious DDT from an obsolete hand sprayer. And so you lived on, making the best of your bounty. Oh yes, occasionally you thought about Cousin Glowworm's money, Butterfly Honey, the treasuries of bees and so forth. But not much. Mostly you kept to yourself. While ordinary man, that political animal, that conservative, that liberal, that radical, kept on overdoing it and confusing everybody's head. Rest assured, the shoe that crushed you had no real moral force. And so it is with regret that we commit your heavy body to this filthy garbage pail, realm full of rags and the remnants of broken radios. Yet you are an eternal monument in my poetry, while ordinary man's life up until this moment goes with one big laugh onto the only true trash heap, the great human history.
thank you for listening to The Poetry of Science. If you want to find out more about the scientific study featured in this episode, or read any of the poems in full, then please visit the show notes at scipoetry.podbean.com. That's scipoetry.podbean.com, where you can also find out how to get in touch with any questions or comments you might have. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.